today's guest, Andre, CTO of Trusted Shops. If you do it right, you have a setup which allows you to really go full force with one team without affecting the others, which means like, let's take your case, right? VC comes in and says, I want to have that feature. Hopefully your organization is, um, or maybe your organization is already capable fulfilling this request without stopping like the entire product development, like reshuffling everything and then starting just to deliver that feature. Maybe you are already in a shape that you can deliver that without that many dependencies, right? So I think that could be a benefit of such an organization. And the second is, if you're not in that, in, in that shape and you strongly believe like this is the way to go, you could also not easily, but at least with less effort, adapt the organization. So that's definitely a strong argument for such organizational styles. Andre and I talked about the um, concept of progressive organizations, network organizations, and his perspective as a CTO um, is super insightful on how he thinks about um, systems and an organization or teams overall in different systems and subsystems. Um, and therefore, we talked about the role of managers versus leaders um, and also um, what the difference in working within the system or a system and on the system um, looks like. So a quite insightful um, episode, especially when you are in a tech org or looking um, for some inspiration from um, engineering or tech leaders. Then you can build trust and then you can spend less time communicating and more time just getting shit done. Then I went home and, and thought about this sentence. We basically put it on the table. Hiring takes time. People are trained. How to objectively judge certain situations. It's very, 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 very hard to change things. That was the learning. Entrepreneurs with empathy. On the people side. Okay, Andre, great to have you here because I think we met on in the LinkedIn feed in some comments um, of, um, I think, previous podcast um, videos of, of mine, right? That's true. That's true. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Yeah, it's great that you um, were so responsive and that we just started an open discussion. And now we are here talking about um, tech leadership and um, how progressive orgs um, can look like. But maybe first of all, we start with a short introduction about yourself. Sure. Um, let me introduce. So, yeah, like what can I share? Like, um, let's let let's start this that I discovered during my childhood the interest for computers um not that much in gaming but like how like uh, like pcs work at all so i decided then to start uh, uh to start um, um studying informatics joined as a software engineer fell in love with the startup system uh, ecosystem here in berlin uh, and then um like moved on from like different individual contributor roads towards leadership roads uh worked for different companies different sizes and like made some career and actually serving yeah since close like since nearly 10 years now as a cto for different companies um, like worked for Immobilien Scout, DHL, um, worked for Mr. Specs, Marva, and at the moment I'm serving as a CTO for Trusted Shops. Okay. And when, when you are in an organization that is a bit, let's say, on the lower side of what you just mentioned in terms of range versus on the um, bigger side, what, what different patterns do you see and what do you do as a leader when um, entering a team size like that to understand, okay, how should an org maybe um, need to look like that that it's hmm. progressive in a certain way or that that you would think yeah i can work with that yeah 
Um, like on the first part of your question, I would say like like smaller teams require less structure, right? So if you go for larger teams, you need to ensure right that you like like really based on the goals and like so your overall goal, what what you want to accomplish as a as a company, what you want to achieve, um, like you maybe need to have like bit different structures, um, more maybe maybe giving a bit more guidance. Um, and with smaller organizations, that could be actually easier, but also has its downsides, right? If a small organization, you cannot afford everything. So that's definitely something um, to consider. And um, regarding the second part of the question, like how do I start? Um, well, like for me, organizations are a system, right? This is all like I always, when I, when I talk about organizations, I always think in systems and there are different ways to like, to visualize, so to say, or to structure uh, a system. One could be like classic hierarchies, right? Like from my point of view, these are a bit outdated. So um, um, like they, there, there is a reason why they exist, like for certain, for certain topics that absolutely make sense. But if we talk about knowledge work and software engineering or product engineering, product development is for sure knowledge work. I, I try to structure it differently. So I'm a big fan of like the net of network organizations and uh, to come up with a good approach, you actually need to understand the system, right? So you need to understand what is the domain, what kind of dependencies exist. Um, like, um, like do dependencies exist on the, like on a technical level, which would be fine, right? Because you can expose, um, interfaces between, between system components, or do you have dependencies, uh, between, uh, between teams and, like there's probably no organization where you can say like there is no dependency on organizational level. You just need to ensure, right, that you're getting rid of the like the toxic ones. And then if you follow that approach, right, you end up with a network organization. And um, what could be toxic in terms of dependencies in, in your point? Yeah, toxic is like if you see like the same dependencies all the times, right? Um, so I think it's like, like if you compare that to bad project management, right? You, 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 you work on a project, you did some learnings and like you do not apply them at the next project. So if you see like dependencies between two teams, um, all the time, right? And like this really slows down one team, you should question that, right? And maybe, right? That's still like a valid approach, right? Where you say, okay, like this team like, has some special knowledge. For example, if you think about team topologies, right? Um, like you have the you have the you have the idea of a um, complex subsystem team, right? That so for that reason, there could be a dependency, right? Because like the knowledge you need to have to to build a certain system right like you need to centralize it because like it's hard to like bring this into all teams for that reason like dependency could be fine but if it's just like normal stuff maybe it's a maybe it's due to a, a component which is owned by another team right um, and you see always see like the dependency on this component maybe you should change the ownership of that of chat um, of that component. And this is what I, I would call a toxic dependency, right? It just do not help your organization to accomplish, uh, to achieve a goal. I saw that also several times, especially with startups that built um, on, on legacy code. Um, and then they, True. a lot of time they start maybe with a real monolith or it, it will get a monolithic structure and there are so many interdependencies at some point. Um, what I always hear or heard is that they want to then move into a more scalable approach into microservices and so on. And then they break up certain 
um, coping this into services. And then usually this happens, what you just said, that some things cannot be solved. <laughs> yeah. Like this is what I meant before, right? Like, so it's always a trade-off. So there's no ideal organization. You always need to understand, um, like what's the situation, right? Like what, what's the situation? What is the context? So what can you actually also afford? And for sure, right? The transition between like two architecture, um, like concepts, so to say, that's really like, this is probably one of the, of the strongest changes you can do. Like for sure, right? This creates disturbance. Um, so this is like, the, there is no way around that. And that's why you should also clearly think about like how to approach such a change, right? Is it that, that you start with like new project and a new structure, or is it that you want to transform, really want to transform like the, all the existing legacy applications and there are different strategies around that. And, um, maybe also one, one, one thing to share. So since I'm working like actually during All my jobs during the last 10 years, I dealt with a lot of like technical debt and legacy infrastructure or legacy systems. And um, like while they need to be improved, there's no question around that. Like you also see like that the wrong patterns get, get applied, right? If you talk about um, like um, microservice architecture, right? So like the companies who made that famous, these companies are super large companies. So they probably have different problems than your company. So what I try to say with that is just because it works for one of the large tech companies, it doesn't necessarily need to work for your environment, right? So you need to be very like cautious about what to, what to introduce and what not, and actually also how to introduce that. Yeah, I think also from a hiring perspective, this is really crucial because then sometimes when I think maybe <clears throat> a company like a big tech company, I think Meta was always really famous um, for some time. Um, and when they introduced certain things, everybody wanted to do it that way. <laughs> But maybe yeah, absolutely. for that environment and then you even make yourself um, or find yourself in a situation where you're not able to hire at scale or not even specific profiles because there's so many, um, I would say, um, hyped expectations in the mind of a leader or hiring managers or engineers that not even engineers that maybe could do the job could pass the yep. evaluation because they're not that hyping the same thing. Did you also see something like that? Yeah, like absolutely, right? You, I think on the one side you create wrong expectations, right? And in the other side, you cannot actually afford it. Um, so like they're like, let, let's, let's, let's maybe use um, maybe platform teams is one of the hot topics, right? All like not all, but a lot of companies, uh, like are currently building platform teams. Why? Because they want to centralize really cross cutting concerns, right? They want to have like, like maybe provide a thin layer on top of AWS or any other cloud provider to, to make things easy. Um, like from like, like building systems, deploying systems, running systems. And like, this sounds like a good idea, but, um, like this also creates the downside that you need to have a very powerful, uh, team to make that happen. And a lot of companies I'm talking with is or like, I know a bit, right? They cannot afford it. Uh, so it's very important, um, like that you only go for things which you actually can also afford, right? Just saying, I want to have a platform team and then having maybe two or three people working on a platform and having hundred people who are dependent on that team, right? It's, it's, it's actually not a good idea. Yeah. And, um, do you also see that there is a, um, 
relationship towards hierarchies? Because you also said that um, hierarchies are maybe not needed in the same way as in initially. Yeah, like like if you look at hierarchies, like like the reason why I tend not to use hierarchy so much is like because hierarchy are like like a very old concept right it's not from the like age of information it's like it's more the industrial age right where you clearly had the separation of really null like thinking and acting right and like for these kind of industries totally makes sense because like it's just it's always the same it's repetitive uh, repetitive repetitive work sorry um But like, if you look at the, the work we need to fulfill nowadays, right? It's knowledge work. So you need to you need to be able to take your decisions, and that's why I think hierarchies, so classic hierarchies, they are a bit toxic. I'm not saying there is no need for hierarchies. There is definitely. Um, so if you again think about systems, right? So I'm like I, I, I share that I like the idea of network, or I try to push the idea of network organization wherever I work. Um, still, like in these organizations, someone needs to work in a system, right? Like, so these are the teams, the individual contributor, and then you have people working on a system, right? So who is sure, right, that this is the right, the system has the right setup, meaning, right, the right people working in the team, the right processes, the right strategies, the right patterns, and so on and so on. And this is definitely something um, I would see for, for, for the classic hierarchies in regard to responsibilities. And when you look into the different, let's say, attributes, what you would look for um, in teams that work on versus in the systems, do you see patterns there? What do you look for? Um, yeah, I think you look for very different people, right? If, you, if we talk about really working in a system, these are the people like so individual contributors, like software engineers, infrastructure people, um, quality engineers, product people, UX, you name it, right? Everything you need actually like cross-functional. This is the idea of having a cross-functional teams, like everything you need to, to build a product, right? Or it, at a, like if we talk about organizations, right? A couple of these teams. Um, and for sure, right? Within these teams, there is no hierarchy. So this is a, a self-organized team. So everyone on the same level, uh, not on the same level, but like like part of a team, maybe on a different level in regard to really like career growth, right? So junior professional, you name it. Um, but within the organization, I would say it's all around knowledge and experience. Um, outside of the organization, um, so um, maybe like go back all around knowledge experience on a on a functional and technical level right so if you look outside the system it's actually very very different it's not only about leadership maybe this is also important to share it like leadership also happens inside the system right so as a senior engineer or principal engineer however you call this right you expect that these people like they share their experience they help teams to take the right decision and so on so on for sure like this is also leadership it's more lateral leadership um, so the classic leadership you find outside the system, like one of the most important jobs, um, like for 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 these, like let's let's call them engineering managers for sure, right? This is development of the talents of the people working in the system for sure, right? So they have different skills, but this is not only limited to people management skills. You also need to have a good understanding of the system, right? So how software engineering works, um, how, like what what are trends, what kind of like things we need to reflect in the strategy. So therefore, like like the profiles I would look 
um, are very, very different. What they both have in common, I would say, are soft skills, right? So I think soft skills, they are... Um, like they need to be the same for 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 all areas for sure right they are different across the levels right the higher it gets like the more like the more like your behavior should be a role model behavior um but uh, like if it comes to like let's call them hard skills i think they are very very different yeah <laughs> in case you like my show please subscribe i would really appreciate it when you you, you talked about the network organization um, True. How how do you define that in your own words? So what does it mean for you? Yeah, like like you could also say like uh, hierarchy or so classic hierarchy is some kind of network because like you have the boxes and then the, the connections between uh, them. Um, so network organization, like like if you think about like I, I I tend to say progressive tech orgs or like modern modern organizations. Um, so. They also exist of box and connections, but like not on a hierarchy level. So like like not in a way that like one like one box is telling the other what to do, right? It's more or less like the like it shows the dependencies. Um, so the boxes could be teams, um, but you could also apply that to like different organizations. Um, so but in our in our regard, it is like if we talk about tech, it's like the boxes are teams, right? So cross-functional teams, and then you have connection between the teams, and they could be strong or they could be actually also weak um, like um, we talked about that before right some could be toxic some not and it actually like the connection just shows like there is some kind of shared stake right it could be in one direction other it could be in both directions um, but at the end you have something like a like 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 a living organization so to say right where you have a network and this network actually also changes um for that reason i think it's also the better approach for actually small companies right because you don't know what what you will do in the next half year and running all the time reorganizations because your product vision changed right or your business strategy changed that's nonsense right you need to have a flexible approach and if you think of a network and inside a network like um like like a loose structure of teams and collaboration between the teams i think it's way easier to to adapt it to new needs rather than having reorganization say you need to report to a different people and so on and so on we all know right this creates like a lot of like standstill so to say, so to say. yeah and also um what i can imagine what you can really see when you work in that way that maybe the product itself is developed in a different way, also maybe from a code quality scalability perspective than when you have it a bit um, more structured around a hierarchical approach. Um, I think, right? Yeah, there is there is this idea of Conway's law, right, w which states that uh, your 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 products are um, like so to say a mirror of your organizational structure. Um, and I, I, for sure, right? I think that's that's true. There's no way around that. If you have a core team, like they will build core services. I think it's probably still like uh, the same with with network organizations. Still, it's like like it's a loose structure, so you can easily adapt it. Um, so I think it's like it adds a lot of like strengths, so capabilities to the organization because because you can like adapt to new needs and do not need um, to to like to ride the dead horse, so to say, right? Just because the structure is like it is, and like this person needs to have some direct reports, you you keep that structure. So 
um, I think this this kind of decoupling um, creates um, quite some capabilities for an organization. And what role does a manager then have in a um, organization organized not that hierarchical? Um, like what I shared before, like like in regard to tech, it, let, let's 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 say it could be an engineering manager, and like important to understand, the an engineering manager is not a team lead, right? So a team lead is usually part of a team. Um, so within a system, right? Well, I, I said before, right? I this like I uh, distinguish between working in a system, working out a system. So like the engineering manager is outside the system, right? Therefore, takes care for sure on the individual development of the people. I think that's that's the, still the same. It's a different approach because like the bandwidth of topics is different. Um, and other than that, is really understanding the system. Um, whatever you do, right? If we, if, if it's a technical system, like because you apply that in for software engineering, you should have an understanding how software engineering works. Not down to the details, right? I'm not saying you should know how Kubernetes works in in in, in at, at scale. I'm more or less saying like you need to understand like like if a system is working well or not, right? You should have like good indicators if things go like in the right direction or not. Um, so like having some KPIs, for example, Dora KPIs to understand whether the like the subsystems, so the teams inside the systems are doing a good job or if you can improve that. Um, Dora KPI, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Dora KPIs, like very famous KPIs, um, like in, in the tech world to measure like... Um, I would not say success of a team, also not efficiency. Still, uh, probably efficiency meets the best, right? So it's not about like performance measurement of a like of individual contributors in a team. It's more or less you want to understand what's the state of the team, right? So are they able to deliver frequently? Um, are they able to spot uh, um, um, issues, right? Are they able to recover from a from a bad state fast? Um, what's their uptime stuff, stuff like that, right? So there are four KPIs and there is a committee around that. And this committee is called DORA, D-O-R-R. Maybe we need to look into that because yeah, like very technical topic, very technical topic. But like um, this is one of the ideas, right? Like so, because at the end of the day, it should not be gut feeling. It's probably a mixture of everything, um, but like it should be like also like qualitative stuff, right? Not just like quantitative uh, no it sh should be also quantitative not just qualitative right so you have your gut feeling you have an understanding it works good right feels like the team is really in a high performing mode like dependency are on a low level like it really like they're making they have some kind of traction however right you should also have some kind of quantitative uh, metrics which actually show you okay like my my gut feeling is is right Definitely. and this is like Sorry, I just want to say like this is the job. Like I think like I'm not saying like this is the, the the organizational model for each and every organization, but like in our terms, like in in our environment, that's the job of an of a manager, taking care of the system. Therefore, I have maybe one or two more questions because I I like I like the the approach. And um, another question that just came up is when when you see that there is let's say a way on how to measure efficiency in engineering on a technical perspective do you also see that there is a way maybe beside the classical scrum methodologies with estimations and so on that you can really manage the expectations well with the 
business side or the non-product development side, because I think also within the product development circle, there is a certain level of dependencies. But then the next layer of abstraction is from the product development perspective as a whole system, if you zoom out again, yeah, to, yeah. I don't know, sales, customer support, finance, everything that is around that. Um, what, what dependencies do you see there? And do you also see any frameworks on how to manage those? Yeah, like um, maybe share some, some experience here. What I learned is that you should not force the outside organization. So like outside product tech, right? So like the business part, the sales part, like HR, whatever you mean. Um, um, like you should not force them to understand that organizational style, right? Because like it also creates some kind of like concerns, right? Wow, like they now separate like this, like the hierarchies from uh, from from the technical responsibilities and so on and so on. So shall I apply this at our organization as well? I think you like it's just like for me, like organization is just means to an end, right? You want to achieve something in the best way possible. Like that's why you have some kind of structures and like you need to find the best structure for your, for your, for your challenge, so to say. Um, in regard to like, um, like creating this kind of transparency alignment throughout the organization, I think there's, I think like network organization do not have a solution to that. Like I think it's also, they also not claiming to solve that. Um, I think you need to have like processes around that. Um, and maybe our engineer manager can spot that, right? So people working on a system spot that there is a lack, right? There's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of alignment. And then you maybe go to a drawing board and say, okay, like, what is the problem? Or like, I, I actually like to say, what's the situation? What's the problem? What's the, what's the solution to it? Really structuring it down and understand what, what kind of needs do I need to solve, right? And then it's maybe it's just transparency. Maybe it's alignment. Maybe it's like also cross roadmap prioritization. Some of the things actually you would like to avoid in, in such an environment, as I said before, right? Like this kind of network organization works best if you have as little dependencies between as possible, right? Um, so you can go very fast with these organizations um, if you do it right. And you could also argue that maybe the product management and plus engineering managers should also be the link to the outside of the organization to a certain extent, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You could say like in minister, ausminister, right? Like so who's like, who's working inside and like who has the focus outside. Um, like it's... It's, it's, I, I can tell you it's not easy. It's actually very different from like, from the, like, from the size of the company, also from the willingness to understand. Um, as said before, right? Like it, this kind of progressive organization also questions, like, do we need to have hierarchies? Right. And then people fear that and try everything to really not get in touch with that structure. <laughs> um, so, but therefore I, I, I would have something like an, I would use something like an interface, like interface in regard to like, um, organizational interface, having some, 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 some kind of rhythm. So meetings, um, and, and so on and right to really have like the connection between the system and the like rest of the company, so to say. And um, do you see also, I don't know, best practices or patterns from your experience that there is a certain um, preference on a pla planning cadence? So on what time frame you look in product development um, that you can also yeah. accurately set expectations as well, what's possible, what not? 
And I think yeah, that was I think, really in the situation, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think like this is like for like if you think of like who should answer that question, like it's definitely something that needs to be answered from in the system. Only the system itself knows what is possible and what is not. So it's nothing I could answer. It's also nothing like an engineering manager could answer, only the teams. So like, therefore, you also need to have some kind of interaction between the business stakeholder or like the rest of the organization and, and the teams. Um, and the only thing you could optimize for, and probably there are not, there is not that much what you can do, but like still you can try to optimize for is like to have good estimations, right? But good estimations come with the downside that it takes time to do good estimations because like, yes, we do like software engineering each and every day. Still, like the situation is always different. So therefore it's not repetitive work. Whoa, strong, uh, like difficult word. Um, so it's always different. Um, and therefore, right, you cannot say like the last story took us like five days. So the next story will take us five days again, right? Like, so especially all the estimations meetings like their purpose is to to create alignment to create a shared understanding of on, on on the scope and what is needed for that having really good estimations like comes with the downside of like like have in need the need of investing time to really dig deep into the problem and understand what are the like what are the um fallstricke um sorry um like what are like the the, the issues we will probably face, right? Mm. Yeah, because I, well, this is what I saw, especially when venture capital comes into play, where you always need to deliver everything fast. <laughs> and now, then... Yes, you on cannot... You, on launching new markets or so on, right? And then you're dependent on engineering because they need to ship a feature and you need to market it and so on. This can get then complicated and let's be honest right like i think i like i understand this fully right so i like i worked a lot with 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 peers on the business side so i get this under i i, I get there where where this is coming from on the other side we all know this is wishful thinking like just based on the like of lines of text and some ideas like you cannot say it's, it's probably 280 days like so there's like like the larger, like the the higher the, the deviation, that's that that's for sure. However, and maybe this is a good a benefit of of of, of such um, network organizations is if you do it right, you have a setup which allows you to really go full force with one team without affecting the others. Which means, like, like let's take your case, right? VC comes in and says, "I want to have that feature." Um, Hopefully your organization is, um, or maybe your organization is already capable fulfilling this request without stopping like the entire product development, like reshuffling everything and then starting just to deliver that feature. Maybe you are already in a shape that you can deliver that without that many dependencies, right? So I think that could be a benefit of such an organization. And the second is, if you're not in that, in, in that shape and you strongly believe like, this is the way to go. You could also not easily, but at least with less effort, adapt the organization. So that's definitely a strong argument for 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 such for such organizational styles. In case you have any feedback or anything you want to share with me, please send me an email on thomas at peoplewise.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. And in case you really enjoy the show. Please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Another question what I wanted to ask previously. The network organization um, approach, what, what role 
would maybe a VP of engineering or a VP of product um, also maybe play there or you as a CTO? Do you see that you also have a different role role there or do you need different layers of middle management? Um, yeah, first of all, like I, as I said before, there are still hierarchies, right? So like it's just not the main structure, right? On an, on an operational, so you have like, you have like a different structure to do your operational work. Still, like there are some tasks um, which, which which are still there and where like, classic hierarchies make sense, right? So if you talk about um, salary increase or like um, like um, uh, like development, right? So like individual development, um, like for sure, right? Like so, like classic structures they make sense for that. Um, therefore, also like roles still have some um, like some similarities. However, and this is important to understand, like if you think of like, again, like the system with like the different, uh, with the split on working in a system, working on a system, like all managers, like doesn't matter whether it's VP engineering, VP product, VP, um, um, VP or CTO, right? Or CPO, right? It's only working around, it's only working on a system. And then you need, to, you need to ask yourself, so what are the ingredients for an organization? Like, as I said before, right? Like it's the right setup, it's the right processes and strategy. And um, like, so then you can think, okay, what can I do? When, what can I deliver best, right? And like as a CTO CPU, it's probably strategy, which actually, and this is also one of the things I saw very, very often in my career that people are working on a different or like on the wrong level, right? So like CPOs or also like VP engineering, really working, like working their hands off, right? Being like they, they, still individual contributing to a certain product, which I think it's wrong because then you also like move the organization in a, in, in a direction where, where people believe, okay, the VP product, like, they, they need to write user stories, like, and they're also checking the acceptance criteria. And maybe this is true for, for a startup. Like, that's why I said, like, my sweet spot is like, like in a, in a bit larger organization, Like, but in a, like at a certain size, you need to have clear responsibilities, right? Otherwise you end up in chaos. So there needs to be a clear responsibility who's doing what. And like within the system, like this is operational work and like outside the system, like this gives direction and ensures like the system has the best possible setup. And this actually also creates quite some freedom. I can agree. And I totally agree on what you just say, but I also think that when you look at the early stage, sometimes you don't even need engineering leadership or a CTO, it's just maybe Absolutely. a bunch of engineers that really do the job and, and try to get it done. <laughs> yeah, which is actually also a good, like this is a good argument why like maybe structures, so hierarchy structures are not as important anymore, right? So if you start in in small, right, there is no no one like like overseeing everything. Why? Because that's literally not possible with knowledge work, right? You maybe have the core, the core engineer or the core developer, right? We all know this person, like who is like, like factor X and, 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 and is able to provide a lot of functionality in short time. But like this person should also not necessarily be the manager in the future, right? So there should be a clear separation between like this functional works, so operational work and disciplinary work. Um, cool, Andre. And what is a guest that um, I should maybe interview next that you know, but I don't know yet? 
um like uh like uh, since i like people like who challenge the status quo and also my status quo and my my beliefs um there is uh, like a former colleague actually um like a colleague i've worked before uh, at uh, immobilien scout his name is uh, stefan schmidt um he is like um he was also cto from quite some companies and now is doing consulting is uh, running his consulting business um called amazing cto um, so he is probably even more progressive when it comes to organization than I am. Yeah. Do you think he's open for an episode? Absolutely. Absolutely. Will you connect us? Absolutely. I will do this. Like next, next task on my list for sure. Promised. Cool, Andre. Hey, it was, it was really nice um, that we had the time and the um, insights from your side. And thanks for um, also engaging actively on LinkedIn and having all these discussions. I really enjoyed it. And I think I can also really take a lot out of it and also the listeners. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me.